Not worth the time with Wade Taylor. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Not Worth the Time. It's been one week or two weeks. Not one week, two weeks. We do this every two weeks. I bring that up every time. And we're here and we're doing the show, man. I'm just thinking about what we're, we're going to talk about today. I don't know. I have The only thing I've been thinking about a lot lately is the time my mom chased down a bus. <laughs> she didn't do it on foot. Like, she's not crazy. Like, she was, like, like sprinting after it like the Terminator or anything like that. No. Uh, I remember this. She, My mom used to pick us up. Like, we'd sometimes ride the – we'd always ride the bus to school, and then we'd get picked up uh, – couple times a week where we wouldn't have to ride the bus home which was always a plus everybody knows riding the bus home sucks riding the bus home is way worse than waiting to get picked up by the bus because when you're waiting to get picked up by the bus you already don't want to go to school so if you're like the earliest on there right you if you're the earliest person on the bus you get picked up first. That means you have to sit on the bus ride the entire time. First of all, then you have to have a probably have a conversation with the bus driver, right? Like you have to go to each spot as they pick up the other kid. And you don't know, and depending on like where you live, you might have a long stretch on there where you're the only person on that bus. You're the only person on the school bus. And it's the bus driver. And that's it. And you have to make a conversation with them probably, which had to suck. On every level, you're just like, I, you're tired. You don't want to be going to school. And now the bus driver's like, I'm going to talk to this person for a little bit. Especially if they were like a newer bus driver. Like they were new to the game, still like had or chipper and like, oh yeah, this is a great job. I love being a bus driver. It's going to be a good time. Get these kids to school. Make sure the youth of America is getting their education. I enjoy this. That's right. I'm making, I'm doing my part to help build a better future for America. Unlike the grizzled, grizzled vets that are or bus drivers who have been there and, you know, they've had kids shoot wasp at them. Not literal wasp. If you don't know what a wasp is, uh, here's something for kids for when they go back to school. If you don't know what this is, it's where you, we would take index cards, right? And you fold it in half like hot dog style and then you f- keep folding it smaller and smaller. So you like do like tiny folds all the way down to so then you bend it into like a triangle like like a right angle you put put a rubber band in between your index and thumb and you just fly those things you hit somebody in the back of the head with those with enough velocity it fucking hurts yeah and that's why those grizzled bus veterans don't talk to the kids they're just like get on the bus i'm just like we're going which was much more preferable you don't want to talk to the bus driver you don't. It's a weird thing. And so if you're the kid who gets picked up first, you have to sit there, probably have a conversation, and go to every stop, right? Which is a long thing. But at least you're not at school yet. So you're like, okay, this is okay. You know, but what sucks for that kid, typically, if you're the first person to get picked up by the bus, right? So you spend the most amount of time on the bus before school. Now, the reason you're probably the first person to get picked up on the bus is you're the farthest drop-off and pick-up. So not only are you last to get picked up, you're also the la- or the first to get picked up, but the last to get dropped off. <sighs> that sucks. Because we, you don't mind the being first on the bus because you're just delayed the whole time to go into school anyway probably sleep on the bus maybe you know you get to pick your spot get a full seat to yourself you know make sure you spread out go to the back of the bus you claim your seat early right 
So that's not so bad. But then once you have to ride the bus home from school and you're one of the last drop-offs, you get out at 2.30, right? Well, it takes like a half hour to get the bus loaded up, so it's 3 o'clock by that point. And the next thing you know, you live so far out there, you don't get dropped off at 4.30. 4.30. That's rough, man. You don't even get like the two or three hours of not having to deal with – like anybody being home, like at all at that point. Like normally, you at least have, you and your brothers sisters have a little rompous time, you know, where you can fucking beat on each other or whatever, and like steal the uh, snacks from the cupboard without your parents knowing. You know what I'm talking about? Spoil that dinner. But now, but like once you get home at 4:30, you got a half hour. You got to jam all that stuff in. What's that? Family computers located in the living room. And you got a half hour. <sighs> Dicey move. Do you roll the dice? Do do you try it? Well, how do you how do you do that? How do you you got hormones racing through your brain? You're like, I gotta get the fuck out. I gotta get this out of me. And you have a half hour, and then you make dumb decisions, and then you you forget about time management. That's what sucks. <laughs> you all know what you were using the computer for in the living room. Don't act like you didn't know. Yeah, but it's just rough, man. That being riding that bus, we got dropped off super late. Uh, and our thing, and I always hated it. One of the things that pissed me off was like, so we had like, I did. Our bus driver did this thing where like I lived in like a there was a neighborhood, and then like another cluster of neighbor uh, houses down the way this other end, right? So they would drive past the street that I lived on, go to the next thing that would turn down, and you would have to get off. And there was a group of kids that got off there and walked that way, and then they would go all the way down to this other neighborhood. Drop off some kids there, come back, loop back in where they went before, and then drop us off at this one point. And one day, I just went, why can't, why do I have to get off, wait to get, I'll just get off with this one, the first group of kids. Because I can literally walk to my house from here. It's not that far. Rather than making the bus driver turn around, come back, and drive up in the neighborhood already. It didn't make any sense. If anything, you should have pulled in on my street, dropped us off, and then turned down and go about, drop that kids off, and then go that way. It was a total ridiculous turnaround. And so I just one day got off that bus, stopped right there, walked home. I was like, cool, I'm home earlier now. Awesome. And then one day he just stopped me and went, hey, where where do you live? I'm like, I live over there. And he goes, that's not your stop. You have to get, you have to wait till you're stopping. I was like, why? <laughs> I was like, I literally, if I get off here, I can literally just walk to my house. And I'm hit there like 20 minutes earlier. And he's like, no, you have to wait. And I was like, I'm not gonna wait. And the the one of the most vicious words you can hear as a student. You want to get a referral? A referral? Which it's funny because when you get a referral now, when you're an adult, it means that somebody's giving you props and that you'd probably be good for something. They're referring you for a job or referring you to do some kind of task because you're good at it. A referral when you're in school just means that somebody's telling you about your shitty behavior. <laughs> it really flips when you become a, an adult. Yeah, and so I, I was told I couldn't get off early at the stop because I had to stay on there. And I was like, what the fuck ever? And they're like, it's a safety thing. I was like, you just drop these kids off and they walk to their houses too. They literally, will you drop these kids off? It's so weird. Because <laughs> the bus driver drops off people at a certain designated area, children, and then they still had to walk to their homes. It's not like he was dropping them directly off in front of their 
uh, house each of their houses so he knew they got to their house. No, he was dropping them off in a cluster and then would drive off and they all walked and dispersed. And some of them didn't live like where you could see the house in in the di- like in visual your visual field. It wasn't like right there. You had to they had to walk ways. So that's all I had to do. So for some reason. Like, he's like, nope, I can't let you get off because then I can't account for you being not on this spot. It's like, what are you talking about? You don't, you're not accountable for any of us, really. You, like, you're not truly keeping track. It's so weird. There's no tally system. It's not like they had chips in us to know where we we're getting off. But the bus. I got all the traffic here. I think about my mom when she chased down this bus, right? So she picked us up one day after school. And we're just sitting out there. Wait and whatever, and we get we we pull out of the school. It takes fucking forever because they have to let all the buses go, and then the parents like get mingled, and it's one stoplight out of the goddamn school, and it's like Jesus, this takes forever. And we get behind the bus, and we start driving towards our house, and we're still kind of following the but a bus. And then there's the kids in the back of the bus, and you all know them. I was one of them. I was one of those kids who sat in the back of the bus causing trouble. I I was, and I don't. I enjoyed those. Those were good days. But here's the thing. This is the rule you have to realize if you sit in the back of the bus, guys. All the shenanigans and stuff stay within in the bus, right? You know, what happens on the bus stays in the bus, right? And also, whoever you're kind of messing with stays within the bus parameters. Once you start venturing outside the bus area, you, you're going into uh, sovereign land, you know, you're invading other countries, they don't understand the rules that you set forth as your backseat um, shenanigan rules, you know, you nobody has a strict protocol on those, you know, and uh, these kids in the back of their bus apparently decided they needed to go all Napoleon on their shenanigan rules of the back of the bus and decided to try to take on other vehicles wasn't enough to pick on people in the back of the bus or who were on the bus, right? They'd expand their territory, try to t- pick on people in other vehicles. So they did the classic. They went nuclear right away, too. There was no subtlety to it. They went straight nuclear, dropped that bomb right away. These two kids in the back of the bus turned around, looked my mom in the eye, looked her dead in the eye. They flipped her off. <laughs> Straight nuclear. That's a that's a, a 10, 11-year-old nuke right there. Just throwing up the bird. Just like, blah. And then I think somebody w- even went one more. They they didn't just drop two, two, do- two birds on one on each hand. One of them ended up picking up a pen, one of their notebooks. And this is where they really fucked up. They fucked up because they left evidence. And somebody took a black sharpie in their notebook and wrote "fuck you" on the on the notebook. It was like, oh no! And they just show that. And then my mom was like, no, mm mm. And then she started like, my mom wasn't in the turn lane and just started following it. And then I saw the kids like, huh? And they looked back at her. And my mom, I remember this so vividly. And it's like a little embarrassing because it was definitely kids from my school, and I don't remember who they were. Or anything, but I know they were kids from my school, and they could see me in the car. And I remember they looked down at me, and then looked over at my mom. And mom just points a finger and just goes, "You're in trouble!" Like mouths that. And then they got all wide, like they heard her. It's like they heard her, man. <laughs> like through 
if through a windshield and then through a bus emergency door they heard the words you're in trouble and they all both all snapped around sat down like real low like oh my god and the problem is you, you can't go anywhere you're locked in bro you're a landlocked country and you broke your rules of shenanigans you didn't stay within the bus and now you got the scorn woman coming after you because you flipped her off and my mom followed this bus for like a mile till it got to its first stop and then i think the bus driver finally realized like he was someone was following her and she like uh, put on her uh, like flashers flashed him when, uh, when he got, <laughs> once he first stopped my mom got out and walked to the front of the bus and, she, and like he was like she told the guy excuse me you got these two student uh, these three students back here making up scene gestures and writing crude notes uh to people behind you and I don't ever know what happened to those kids after that. But I remember my mom chasing down this bus because these two, they went nuclear. They tried to invade other cars and they didn't realize, like, uh, you're, you're too young in this ve vehicle game, you know? You'd be too young to be trying to take over other vehicles and commandeer them with your sh shenanigans. You got to wait till you're 16. Even then, you're too young to be dealing with other people's shenanigans. One of the worst things I remember I used to, no, well, I did um, where me and my buddies would go be skating, we skateboarding, and just drive to a spot or whatever, and you'd be on the interstate because we lived in like a, in a pretty big – we lived in Omaha, so around the Omaha area. I didn't live in Omaha. Semantics. Anyway, we're on the interstate. We're going to another spot, and I just had this full pop, but it was like – I bought a pop. You know when they fuck up and they don't have the right amount of syrup and it's just all carbonation and it just tastes awful? It's just terrible. And it's one of those gigantic ones. Those, those cups of just pure sugar water that's this tall for no reason, right? And it's 75 cents. That's absurd. Which makes, to this day, makes no sense to me. How come they sell fountain sodas for like 75 cents, but it's $1.50 for a 16-ounce bottle of Coke? How is that plastic the, uh, another 75 cents for that Coke? It makes no sense. I, I don't understand the pay structure of that. Anywho, I'm getting off topic. I had this thing tasted awful. We're on the interstate. So me and my buddies thought it would be funny where we just took off the lid and a car was coming up the side and uh, uh, on the driver's side. I'm in the passenger seat. And I just cream. Abdul Jabbar skyhook this fucking soda over and it lands on the windshield of this guy's car. Yeah, it was a pretty good shot, especially going like eight, 65 miles an hour. I mean, that's pretty good timing. You know, the, once the once the soda exits out of the car, it doesn't stay at the same velocity. It slows down much faster. It's you know, to be honest, I learned it in physics class that day, and I was testing out my learnings and putting them into real life practical use. They said physics, uh, you, when I was like, when are physics ever going to come into play? Turns out when you're chucking a pop out the window, that's when physics comes into play. And, and, and I learned something. I learned that day that it's true. It works. You know, they say it's uh, only a theory, but I found out, you know, it's, it's laws, man. <laughs> I even feel, I feel really bad about that. I really do, because that was just, like, such a shitty thing to do. But you're such a, when you're a kid, you don't even think of the consequences. You're just like, oh, that was crazy what just happened. Oh, what are we doing next? Moving on. You know, just the dumbest shit possible.
I often think about how bad that would have been if it was a convertible. I think it would have, I'd like to think as uh, me now, I'd like to think myself back then had enough sense. If I saw a convertible coming up, I wouldn't have done it, but I probably would have tried even harder and tried to get it in the back seat. <laughs> I probably, I want to believe I'd do the better thing and not chuck a giant th- soda into the back of a convertible back seat. But let's be honest. You know, but then somebody, you know, somebody tried to help me justify that and be like, he deserved it. Yeah, he deserved it. Rich guy. Can't believe he's trying to do stuff. Being rich, having a convertible. He deserves to have it destroyed. It's a weird mindset some people have when it comes to people with money. And I'm sure I maybe had that mindset at one at, at that age, possibly. Who knows? Like I could talk because I never I didn't have a job till I was eighteen, so younger me can shut up. All right, speaking of people with money, guys, people are getting upset. There's a lot. We talked about the school buses. People are trying to figure out how to handle schools reopening. Right, that's the big topic. And the Silicon Valley investor tried to create a micro school. I don't know why micro schools in um, quotations, but he wanted to create a micro school in his yard. And backlash ensues. That's right. So, we got this guy right here, right? A wealthy investor uh, caused fear on Twitter Sunday. It's always Twitter. That's what I find funny is like backlash on Twitter. It's like everything on Twitter's backlash. Dude, it's crazy. Um, Sunday after attempting to hire a teacher to create a micro school in his backyard, Jason... Calcani, I don't know how you say his name, an angel investor who reportedly had has stock in Bay Area tech companies like Uber and Robinhood posts the ad looking for the best fourth grade teacher in the Bay Area and offered to pay them a salary that will beat whatever they're getting paid uh, to teach a small group of children at his home. And so this was the actual post, I guess. He says, looking for the best fourth grade teacher in the Bay Area uh, who wants a one-year contract that will beat that whatever they're getting paid to teach two to seven students in my backyard. If you know a teacher and refer them and we hire them, I will give you $2,000 Uber Eats gift card. That's a pretty solid gift. That's a pretty solid referral deal. Uh, I've only ever gotten like $50. I get a referral for $50 if I get a friend to go donate plasma. Now, that's to help go create life-saving medicine, and I only get $50. This is just getting a teacher to help do her job and get a better job, and you get 2 k for Uber Eats. I mean, seems like a pretty solid deal. The post immediately caused backlash on Twitter as the new phenomena of learning pods uh, is being seen as somewhat of an exacerbation of of the privilege gap in education. Okay. Wait, what? This is every... And then, like, some Twitter users said that, like, this is everything that's wrong with the barrier, all wrapped in one street. Shortly, the original tweet uh, investor added, we are offering 100% scholarship for folks who cannot afford to chip in. If you live in the Bay Area and are in the fourth to fifth grade, we will take applications based off merit. So they're inviting people who aren't as privileged as them to pay for it to still have a thing. 
I guess I get where this is coming from, but this isn't like I guess it, to me this isn't a new idea because like people hire private teachers and tutors all the time for their kids to get homeschooled, right? So is it just because he's like trying to poach a teacher from the education system that it's wrong? But wouldn't they be happier if they could get like one teacher? Like that's just how jealous those teachers are. Do you have to leave the teachers union? Which would actually be kind of cool. You don't have to longer be part of that union. Yeah, but I don't understand why he—he's just trying to find another solution for the safety of kids because of this I, of the pandemic. I'm assuming this has to do with the pandemic. Yeah, this is this is from this year. So I, I just wanted to scroll up and check that. So if he if he's just trying to find a solution for his kid to be able to go to school and multiple kids in his like neighborhood and friends group I'm assuming and then like some additional other kids it sounds like base uh who couldn't even afford this kind of activity he's trying to help out so there's his hope I I guess I kind of get what he's talking about because where people are like I can get the argument that it's like, hey, dude, what the fuck? Like, you're going to have, like, this one-on-one -on -one teaching experience with seven groups, kids. Because, like, there's that's the biggest complaint I hear about all the time is, like, there's too many kids per teacher. Like, it's like the average is, like, 25 kids or something like that. I have no idea. I'm making up numbers. But it's, like, per teacher, there's always, like, at least 20 students per teacher, which is hard to do individual. So, like, a group of seven to eight kids probably would be ideal because you can better tailor your the experience that so they probably are learning more efficiently and stuff like that so i get that aspect so they can afford to do that but like other people can't and they need the public schools and they might even be closed and they have to do them over zoom so you're not getting the same quality of education as somebody is an in-person so i get that but i'm also if you have the resources to do it wouldn't you want to do that too I, I if I like I definitely don't have the resources. I don't have a child a child to even worry about this with. But wouldn't you be way more willing to do this if you had a child and you had the money to do it? I would do that if you could try to get that. So he's trying to do right by his kid. So isn't that the more important thing? I I would say is he's trying to make it so at least his kid has a a good education. That's what you're all trying to do. And he just has another set of resources to do it. I don't get it. But uh, let's read on here. As an issue of safety, reopening schools in person is being fiercely debated across the country. Many Bay Area parents have decided to take a do-it-yourself approach in learning by hiring a tutor and inform and forming a learning pod. A small group of students who rather who gather regularly and learn in a shared space okay yeah that seems like a great idea which is essentially what homeschooling is like my i have a few friends who all were homeschooled and uh they always told me yeah it was like you had a you it's kind of like a community it's kind of like how i got into stand-up comedy uh like you end up finding this community who's really into it and like you kind of just group with them and that's how you come up with ideas and jokes and you talk with them and you always hang out with that kind of group and you kind of form this small knit community it's kind of the same thing with um homeschooling communities like they get together in like one like one dad will be like like some kind of like math uh teacher 
and he'll try to learn and re- be better at the math or and some uh and then a mom will be good will take on the history or or english side of things and like you know they just have its different parents tackle the different subjects and they kind of just all go from one house to the other and kind of do they they meet at different houses and that's how they do it so it's not like you're only teaching your kid and trying to do all the subjects they kind of delegate it up like a small school except you don't actually have a school so it makes sense to me like that seems like a good idea if the schools aren't going to open you make these learning pods and uh but fear of this adapt uh abrupt shift oh fear of this abrupt shift in the schooling will only widen the equal inequality and racial segregation within school districts have immediately uh, what reverberated as exemplified by the reaction of the census tweets. Many predict that children eventually do return students whose parents have the means to participate in learning pods uh, will almost likely return to school uh, academically ahead while lower income children will have struggled at home without access to technology and support needed for online learning. Um, Last week, Oakland Unified School District said that they will not endorse the informed, inform, wait, wait, the, the formation of learning pods. Although we appreciate parents' resourcefulness in creating a small pandemic pod to help manage the demand of this time, we have some concerns, the school district uh said yeah okay so yeah they just don't want them the school district doesn't even want them forming pods hmm hmm i wonder why especially those private schools i bet you those private schools because that's the other thing like this guy if he's an investor out there i guarantee he doesn't send his kids to public school anyway this guy pays taxes for the public schools and then sends his kids to private school. I guarantee it. Like most like investor guys like that are sending their kids to a fucking private school. So there's no way it's even on par with the same education you're getting anyway. It's insane. That dude like that's the it's a crazy situation, especially like it's so funny because like schools are such a weird thing to me. I I want nothing to do with a school ever again, like in any shape or form. I found them to be almost deadening. I feel like they kill children and like creativity because you have to uniformly become the same as everybody else. I feel like in a lot of ways they discourage unique thought. I feel like public, especially public schools, like the perfect example I can always think of is like math class, right? Like I would go to math class and if and your teacher would teach you a way that they, to solve a problem. But if you then found a way to be like, okay, well, if I do this, this and this, I actually can skip these two steps and be short, shorter to the, uh, answer and therefore I don't have to do those two steps because this is a more efficient way to do it. They they punish you for being efficient. Like 
and this is just one example that I had from when I was in school. Like I'm, I'm basing a lot of it solely off that, but there's other examples I could sit down and think about, but they're basing it off of that. And it's like, what, what the fuck am I supposed to do? Like you're, you're punishing me because I've made something more efficient by eliminating two steps out of the process. Those aren't needed. If I can just argue, if you can see it and do it that way. So, like, it's just like, nope, you don't be efficient. You just do it how you're told. And it's just, it sucks. And I find school to be so crushing to, like, creative and um, just problem solving in a lot of ways. Because they, they don't want you to problem solve. They want you to problem solve their way, which sucks. So, I don't know. I guess that's just the way it is with that. Well, I it. it I think if you got if you can be in a pod, be in a pod, guys. Get outside of that, you know. Uh, but I don't know. But let's go on to the next thing we got here, which uh, is called uh, flight attendants reveal the first thing they notice when travelers board a plane. See, this was interesting to me because th- this is the this is we always hear about police profiling. Well, now we know about t- the stewardess. Or flight, sorry, flight attendants um, uh, profiling. So now we can learn about that. So let's find out what they, they check to see whether you're inebriated. That's right. These flight attendants want to be a killjoy. God forbid you show up on the plane just a little buzzed, you know, a little buzzed on whatever your favorite kind of sauce is. Then they think they're going to be a problem. But I just wanted to do it because I needed a siesta. And flying makes me a little uncomfortable. So I had a few cocktails in the airport bar. And you know what? I paid $20 per drink, and I think I'm f- readily fine in order to be a little neighborated on this flight. So you can stop judging me. Okay, flight attendant? Because I need to sleep on this plane. The only way that's happening is if my old pal Jack has with me. Okay, let's see what else. They check to see if you're buff. That's right. They check to see if you are jacked. And the reason is they say, I consider this person a resource for me. In the event of attack on the flight or on me, these are my go-to people. If the situation looks like they c- it could develop, I primarily... And discreetly ask one of these people if they would be willing to help us if necessary. See, that's the weird part. Just because they're jacked, you're like, they, they can protect us. We can do that. But it might just be all vanity, especially nowadays. There's all the plastic surgery and stuff. For all you know, that guy's just made out of plastic. He has no muscles. He's just made out of plastic. Just like, uh, okay, uh, yeah, I'd be down to help, but he can't like really move that well. He's just like, he's got the elbow. He moves like a robot, the guy doing a robot dance. He's just like, oh man, I'm made out of plastic. And also, you know what you want to do? You want just walk on the plane. This is what you need to look for. Look for a guy wearing a gi. <laughs> Does that guy know jujitsu? Hell yeah! That's why he's wearing his gi everywhere because he's ready to fuck people up. You need to go. You need. That's what you need to do. Look. Don't look for people who are buff, guys. Flight attendants. If you listen to this podcast, because you might be, you're stuck. You're bored in between air pl- uh, flights. You need something for a half hour to fill your time. You listen to not worth the time, and I appreciate it. But here's what you do: don't look for the buff guy, right? You want to if somebody who is a go-to resource instance, look for someone with cauliflower ear. Yeah, where their ears all swollen and fucked up looking. Look for that guy, because that per either guy or gal. 
because they've seen they've been through some battles. They've either wrestled in high school or they do on jujitsu or even all mixed martial arts. Okay, look for that person on plane because they will put somebody in some chokeholds and choke them out. They're gonna take out some terrorists or some inebriated person from the first thing you looked at. Like the old drunky McDrunkerson's gonna go to sleep. But it won't be by the aid of Mr. Jack Daniels. It'll be by a fucking chokehold. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, they check to see whether you might be on an airplane employee. Okay. While fellow flight attendants often out themselves by bringing chocolates. Ooh, that's the telltale sign, huh? They're just like, hey, how's it going? I brought you a chocolate. Okay. Uh, Bridges says they also try to learn if we have any passengers who are airline employees, particularly crew members who have been trained for in-flight in -flight procedures. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense because then they, they understand how the plane works. They check to see if you're sick. Uh, the flight attendants... Okay. I check to see... Check if they are drunk, drugged, sick, angry, or afraid. They are extremely important as if I have the possibility to avoid any kind of trouble. Wait, what? Oh, sorry. This thing shifted on me. Any kind of trouble over the Atlantic. And then I address on the ground. Say hello, welcome aboard, and listen to how they respond. Uh, I've had passengers board who look pretty... Uh, pasty and pale, uh, deathly ill. I we remove them. Nobody wants to get the flu germs. Yeah, there's probably a lot of people who always try to just like make the flight, even though they should probably just be like, I'm not gonna do this today. Not today. We we given up. We're not doing it anymore. Let's see what else we got. They check to see if for scared or anxiety. Uh, keep an eye out for anyone afraid of flying and need a word of comfort or encouragement. <laughs> How funny they just see somebody It's like they just pick up the phone Ding, ding. Hello everybody on the flight We hope you're enjoying your flight right now But let's just get Make sure everybody's comfortable um, Our friend over here sitting in F23 She's not having such a great day Flying so let's give her a round of applause And tell her that she's very brave for doing it Yeah and just like brings attention Just makes her shake even more it Freaks her out like just launches that anxiety up to 10 like it just you got to learn that skill like that's a that's a learnt skill in order to talk to somebody about their fear of flying or whatever you know you can't just go out of nowhere and talk about that you know uh let's say here check if they are doing anything illegal i have had many people try to smuggle their pets in their purses and handbags that's illegal technically i guess i guess so you have to have a doctor's note to fly uh, bottles of booze in their briefcase booze is allowed as long as it stays capped uh you just can't drink your own liquor on the plane uh so yes i need to be vigilant and aware uh Vigilant and wear all behind my greeting face and smile and pleasant and comfort and welcome. That's right. You got to be fake about it. You got to be like, hi, how you doing? But on the inside, you're just like, what the fuck are you doing? What are you bringing on here? You got a can of coffee here. I can't believe you. What's in that can of coffee? You're smuggling drugs. And you just like, then she just takes them down, puts them in a fucking arm bar. It's like, what's in that coffee can? It's fucking coffee. God damn it. My arm hurts now. 
you know, I was like, I'm always, I always overthink things a lot. And I wanted to bring some coffee back from Hawaii once. And I was scared to do it because I know that like drug dealers do hide drugs in coffee. And I would know why I was so scared. I was like, it was just really good coffee that you, that's like a specific type that's grown in Hawaii because like uh, the climate and stuff somehow with the, the ocean air, you know, a bunch of that farming bullshit that I don't understand that affects the growth of it. And it was delicious. But I was so scared to put it in my bag because I didn't want it to get pulled over and looked at by TSA. Because I've had that happen before. I, p- I packed a skateboard one time in my, like, in my, uh, what do you call it? What do you fucking put it when you put it under the plane, whatever that's called? I had a skateboard in that. And I remember getting to Texas where our destination was, and I opened up my bag, and on top of the skateboard in my bag was a letter from the TSA saying, we have searched this bag <laughs> because it went off because of the metal detectors and shit, obviously. But they but they put a fucking note in your goddamn bag when you get searched, and it's, it's very alarming because they just went through all of your shit. Just every bit of it. And, like, I, I'm also so paranoid. I was, like, yeah, 17 at the time. So I'm also just paranoid as shit my entire life. I've always been that way. So I went through everything to make sure all of my shit was still in my bag. Because you hear those horror stories about people going through bags and stealing your shit. So when I have a note saying, hey, we, I would have never even looked through all my stuff had they just not been like, okay, whatever. But apparently they are required to have their... uh a note to remind you, hey, we went through all your shit. So, uh, just so you know, we checked it out. And it's alarming. You know what you guys should check out? Punninggame.com. That's right. Punninggame.com, where you can find this show every other Monday, guys, along with a slew of other shows that we have on the network. You got Matt Hates Horror Games, Who Gives a F, uh, The Empty Parlor Podcast, Fun Pun Gaming, all that stuff, and including all of our podcasts. Our archive podcasts that um, are no longer putting out new episodes. But you can check all that out at punninggame.com. Don't forget to check out the Punning Game shop and use promo code NWTPOD. That's NWTPOD for free shipping at checkout. So check that out. Uh, I got no new shows coming up, guys. No stand-up gigs. I'm just doing just doing the goddamn open mic shit, which has been fine. It's been good to just at least tell jokes. But there's no shows coming up. Uh, but thanks for checking out the episode, and remember, chase down that bus and teach those kids a lesson.